0: This podcast is intended to provide general information about various recent developments in employment law and human resources best practices. Nothing in this presentation or in the comments of Ms. Johnson, Ms. Shannon, or any guest should be considered as the rendering of legal or other professional advice, and it is not directed at any specific cases or circumstances. Listeners are responsible for obtaining the necessary advice about their specific situations from their own counsel. These materials are intended for educational and informational purposes only. The presentation and these materials represent the opinions of the participants and not those of their law firms or companies. No part of these materials may be printed, photocopied, or otherwise reproduced, recorded, or stored, or transmitted in any form and by any means, electronic, mechanical, or otherwise, without the prior written permission of Today's Workplace Podcast. Welcome to Today's Workplace, a podcast created to keep employers current on the latest employment law trends while providing proactive solutions to the everyday issues arising in today's rapidly changing workplace. Is your business prepared for Today's Workplace? Let's find out with your hosts, Barbara Johnson and Belinda Reed-Shannon.
1: welcome to today's workplace in some of our recent episodes we have discussed COVID 19 and vaccine mandates we discussed the new federal executive order from president biden mandating vaccinations in the federal sector and for federal contractors and directing osha to implement regulations mandating vaccines in the private sector on november 3rd 2021 OSHA issued its emergency temporary standards, and employers across the country are working feverishly to understand these new standards. Belinda, let's revisit President Biden's September executive order. What did Biden direct OSHA to do?
2: Hi, Barbara. Uh, So President Biden's executive order directed OSHA to broadly require all private employers with 100 or more employees to mandate COVID-19 vaccinations or at least weekly testing for all employees. Covered employees, employers would have to provide paid time off for the time it takes for workers to get vaccinated or to recover if they're under the weather post-vaccination. Biden had estimated that the emergency temporary standards, which we're calling ETS, would impact over 80 million workers in the private sector. So can you tell us, Barbara, what is in the ETS?
1: Well, OSHA starts by spending a lot of time in explaining and defending what the ETS is and why it has been issued. And recognizing, I'm sure, that there have been and will be a ton of challenges. So OSHA explained that COVID-19 was not known to exist until January, 2020. And since that time, that nearly 745,000 people, many of them workers, have died from the disease in the US alone. And at the present time, workers are continually becoming seriously ill and dying as a result of occupational exposures to COVID-19. OSHA expects that the vaccination and testing ETS will result in about 23 million individuals being vaccinated. The agency has conservatively estimated that the ETS will prevent over 6,500 deaths and over 250,000 hospitalizations. And then OSHA goes on to articulate several important determinations. First, the unvaccinated workers face grave danger. Unvaccinated workers are more likely to contract and transmit COVID-19 in the workplace than vaccinated workers. And OSHA has determined that many employees in the US who are not fully vaccinated against COVID-19 face grave danger from exposure in the workplace. And this finding of grave danger is based on the severe health consequences associated with exposure to the virus, along with demonstrate with evidence that demonstrates the transmittability of the virus in the workplace and the prevalence of infections in employee populations. The second determination is that the ETS is necessary and OSHA goes on to provide its rationale with respect to what the fact that workers are becoming seriously ill and dying as a result of COVID-19. Thirdly, OSHA has determined that the ETS is warranted in that it is limited to employers with 100 or more employees. And it rationalizes, OSHA rationalizes that in light of the unique occupational safety and health dangers that COVID-19 presents, that, you know, there's an uncertain economic environment of the pandemic that OSHA is proceeding in a stepwise fashion in addressing um, the emergency that this rule covers. So it's starting with 100 or more employees, but less confident that it can do so without disruption for employers with less than 100 employees. So OSHA has said it needs additional time to figure out how to assess the capacity of smaller employers. So it's starting with the 100-employee threshold.
2: Oh, okay. Um, and I know that there are some other OSHA determinations. Um, you know, they determined that they've evaluated the feasibility of the ETS and determined that the requirements of the ETS are both economically and technologically feasible. So OSHA intends the ETS to address comprehensively the occupational safety and health issues of vaccination, wearing face coverings, and testing for COVID-19. Therefore, the standard is intended to preempt states and political subdivisions of states from adopting and enforcing workplace requirements relating to these issues except under the authority of a federally approved state plan. A federally approved state plan is where OSHA has an agreement with a state for their plan to be the uh, governing body, um, but those states work hand in hand with OSHA to ensure that all of their requirements and guidelines are what are consistent and uh, agreeable and acceptable. In particular, OSHA intends to preempt any state or local requirements that ban or limit an employer from requiring vaccination, face covering, or testing.
1: You know, and for those states that um, have their own in <laughs> with respect to OSHA, OSHA has given them only 30 days with which to adopt a standard that is equivalent to the ETS mm-hmm. or um, the ETS will automatically um, go into effect okay. in those jurisdictions. You know, and at the same time that OSHA issued the ETS, it also gave notice that it was asking for public comments. In other words, it's giving a notice of a proposed rulemaking process and asking for public comments about the ETS. Because the reality is that the ETS can stay in effect for six months, and meanwhile, you know, we're waiting for um, all of the legal challenges mm-hmm. to work their way through the legal system. Um, we're also um, waiting for OSHA to issue its final um, standards with yeah. respect to with respect to mandatory vaccinations. So, in the meantime, the ETS um, does answer some of the questions that employers had when the executive order was issued in September. For example, we know that the ETS applies to employers (laughs) with 100 or more employees firm or company-wide that are subject to the Occupational Safety Act of 1970 including employers within the 26 states with OSHA approved plans. And so in determining whether the employer meets the 100 employee threshold, the emergency temporary standard instructs employers to factor in all employees regardless of where they work. If even including if they telework, whether they are full or part-time or um, regardless of their current vaccination status. Notably however, independent contractors do not count toward um, an employer's total number of employees under the ETS. But Belinda, who has to pay for all of this?
2: So under the ETS, the employers are required to provide reasonable time off to employees who receive their vaccination doses. Uh, Specifically, an employer must provide up to four hours of paid time at the employee's regular rate of pay For the purposes of receiving each vaccination dose. Employers cannot use other leave that was accrued by the employee, such as sick leave or vacation, as an offset. If an employee experiences side effects from the vaccine, the employer may require the employee to use their accrued sick leave when recovering. Although the ETS requires employers to ensure that each employee who is not fully vaccinated tests at least weekly, it does not specifically require them to pay for any costs that are associated with employee testing. However, it's important to note that employers may be required to pay for testing by other laws, regulations, or collective bargaining agreements. Also, the ETS does not prohibit employers from voluntarily assuming a portion or the entirety of the associated costs of testing. Currently, neither OSHA nor the federal government will be providing specific supplemental resources to cover costs of compliance, having determined that the ETS requirements are both economically and technologically feasible for covered employers.
1: Okay, well, what about compliance deadlines? Um, What are the deadlines that are associated um, with the ETS? Well, we know the ETS took effect on Friday, November 5th, when it was officially published in the Federal Register. And after that date, states with OSHA-approved state plans have 15 days to notify OSHA of how they plan to comply with the ETS and 30 days to update their plans. Notably, the ETS preempts state and local mandates that are less protective than the federal standard. Covered employers must also begin to implement their vaccination policy and offer paid leave to employees to receive and/or recover from COVID-19 vaccinations within 30 days of November 5th. And then all employees must be fully vaccinated or begin COVID-19 testing by January 4th, 2022. Belinda, what are some of the penalties? Um, associated with an employer who does not comply with the ETS.
2: So OSHA can find a covered employer that doesn't comply with the ETS up to, and I'm not sure where this figure came from, but it's $13,653 for each violation of the standard. Employers that willfully or repeatedly violate the standard can be fined up to $136,532. However, the Build Back Better Act, if enacted, would raise the maximum fine to $700,000.
1: Well, as you would expect, there have been already um, legal challenges. On November 5th, right after the ETS was issued, A federal appeals court issued an order blocking the ETS from taking effect on a nationwide basis. And this is not surprising at all. But the question is, what should employers do now? Um, A number of parties, um, including a management company, uh, multiple supermarkets, and several individuals filed suit in the Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit challenging OSHA's ETS, essentially the day it went into effect. And a quirk in the way OSHA's emergency standards can be challenged allowed these opponents actually to bypass the lower courts and go directly to a federal Court of Appeals. The Fifth Circuit challenge is not alone, and similar challenges have also been filed in the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, and the um, 11th circuits. The Fifth Circuit petition asked the court to find that the ETS either exceeded the scope of OSHA's authority or that it was unconstitutional. And the challengers also pleaded with the Fifth Circuit to stay or temporarily stop enforcement of the ETS until it could be reviewed by the courts. So within 24 hours, the Fifth Circuit um, issued a brief order staying the ETS until it could be fully reviewed by the court. Um, the order was very terse stating that the petitions give cause to believe there are grave statutory and constitutional issues um, with the ETS. Perhaps maybe mimicking the claim by OSHA that grave danger exists such to justify the emergency rule. So Belinda, what's next?
2: Well, the Fifth Circuit instructed the government to respond to the request for a permanent injunction by 5 p.m. on Monday, November 8th, and allowed the challengers to reply to the government's response by 5 p.m. on Tuesday, the next day. This means it is possible that we will hear a final decision from the Fifth Circuit in the very near future. We'll probably see further rulings in the coming days and weeks from other federal appeals courts as well, some following in the Fifth Circuit's footsteps and blocking the ETS, others ruling that the ETS stands on solid legal footing. With a patchwork of various legal rulings expected, there will ultimately be a unifying judicial order having the final say on this matter. Now, whether that ruling comes from the multi-district litigation panel, which is an assembly of federal judges, that manage certain kinds of national litigation spanning several jurisdictions or whether it will come from the U.S. Supreme Court, that remains to be seen. So where does this leave employers, Barbara?
1: Well, in that we just don't know kind of place. At the moment, the outcome of the OSHA ETS is uncertain. And while OSHA must refrain from enforcing the ETS until at least the Fifth Circuit says otherwise, this could change in the blink of an eye if the full panel of, an appeals, of appeals court judges removes the stay. And again, with several separate lawsuits filed in different courts challenging the ETS, it is likely that a final binding and unifying determination will not be made for weeks or even months. So what should employers do, Belinda?
2: Well, as of right now, an employer's best course of action is to familiarize itself with the requirements of the OSHA ETS and be prepared to implement those requirements if the stay is lifted and the emergency rule is revived. I think the best course of action is to prepare for the ETS, but wait to implement it until the judicial outcome is more certain. The earliest effective date for any of the ETS requirements is December 5th, which is only a couple weeks away, and which includes the need for employers to have a vaccination policy and various other technical standards in place. They would be hard-pressed to develop these materials overnight, so spending this interim limbo time efficiently and being prepared to comply should the ETS ultimately be upheld is the best advice at this point.
1: So lots of uncertainty, but um, yeah. we will be bringing you updates about this very important issue as we um, try to better understand and navigate these very uncertain times. So thank you for joining us on Today's Workplace.
2: Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Today's Workplace with Barbara Johnson and Belinda Reed If you like what you heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future updates and episodes. For more information about today's episode, check out todaysworkplace.com. That's T-O-D-A-Y-S-W-O-R-K-P-L-A-C-E.com.